At the end of this month, my treasured colleague and administrative assistant, Kay Austin, will retire. Kay has been an extraordinary gift of love to me and to the whole Covenant family. Kay supports me and the entire congregation. She is on the front line to help people find the support, care, and encouragement they need for facing life's challenges, to support us in times of joy and in times of sorrow. Kay and I have worked together for almost 13 years, all but three months of my own tenure at Covenant. Because of our long journey together, trust has developed over time. Kay can now see around corners, and I trust her implicitly. That didn't happen overnight. It's the result of a long journey of two colleagues and friends on mission together, encouraging one another to follow Jesus, reminding one another of the love of the shepherd. When Kay now says with her calm demeanor, I've got this, I believe she has it. A gift of our long journey and the gift of her saying that for me is rest, rest of mind and heart. A rest that can come when you trust someone to have something and they do. Do you have someone in your life who you know has your back? Maybe it's a parent, a spouse, a teacher, a coach, a close friend, a supervisor. Someone you trust to care and to provide for you. What a great gift, if so. We continue our teaching series, Lost and Found. We've been on a long journey with the parable of the lost sheep, which you will find in Luke chapter 15. In this parable about a shepherd who leaves 99 sheep in order to go and find the one, we find in that parable two images, the image of the sheep and the image of the shepherd. The first image is that of sheep. People are sheep. You are sheep. I am the sheep. We are sheep together. People are the sheep. Over time, we all will wander. That's what sheep do. There is no differentiation between good sheep and bad sheep. They are, there are just sheep, and we all wander. Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray, all of us. There's something in our nature that causes us to wander. I finally had my first exposure to sheep last September when I made a pilgrimage to Iona in Scotland. I was really hoping to see sheep. It's laughable now as I think about that because sheep were everywhere grazing and often lying in green pastures. Iona is a small, rugged, beautiful island off to the coast of Western Scotland. It's a small island, but a place of great significance in church history. Soon after moving to Texas, I remember talking to someone for the first time who had had personal experience with sheep. I had never spoken with anybody who had had personal experience with sheep. This friend grew up in a family that raised and cared for many animals, including sheep. She was, she was eager to share, and it was fascinating for me to hear stories and to listen about sheep. To sum it up, bottom line, this friend of mine said that they really are dumb and they really need leadership. Which brings us to the second image, the image of 
the shepherd. The second image in our parable. Jesus says that there also is a shepherd, and it's clear in the parable that the shepherd is God. What is shocking in the story is that the shepherd leaves the 91 in order to search for the one, excuse me, leave the 99 in order to search for the one who is lost. The image of the shepherd is found throughout Scripture. Shepherding was and still is, to a certain extent, a common vocation in the Middle East. In the Bible, the patriarchs were shepherds, as was Moses and also David. Which brings us to today's passage, which we heard read earlier by Patrick, the 23rd Psalm. Out of the heart of David comes this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a picture of the Christian life and the rest we so desperately long for. I don't know about you, but rest doesn't always come easy. What does rest even look like for you? What grade would you give your ability to rest at this specific season in your life? The importance of rest is easily forgotten. In Genesis 2, God both works and rests and tells us to do the same. Not everyone has the opportunity to rest given the circumstances of their lives. Americans are some of the worst offenders when it comes to not resting enough. According to the Institute for Work and Families, fewer than, you, fewer than half of U.S. employees take their vacation days each year. In 2014, a study showed that 61% of employees were working now during vacation. Rest reduces the risk of heart disease and increases lifespan. Compassion to be with others and creativity increases naturally, naturally after the experience of rest. Prolific author Stephen King once said, for me, not working is the real work. Perhaps rest is more of a promise than a practice in this season of life for you. Pay attention to this. Another characteristic of sheep is that sheep are not physically able to carry a heavy load. Sheep are not burden-bearing animals. You will never see a sheep hooked up to a wagon or with a heavy load on their back. In fact, a heavy load on a sheep's back would break the back of a sheep. They seem to follow behind the shepherd without a care. They don't even know where they are going. The shepherd bears the burden of finding pasture and fresh water for the sheep. He bears the burden of leading them to safety day and night. In the 23rd Psalm, King David thinks back over time, over his life, over the journey of a people, the people of God. And he thinks about all of the times where he needed God's help and how the Lord provided for him, and how the Lord provided for a people. He remembers God's care for the Hebrew people in the wilderness. The whole memory of Israel presses the psalmist toward trust, which has an important correlation with rest. 
this relationship of trust with rest. Author and Anglican priest Tish Warren has wonderful musings on rest in a chapter titled Sleeping in her book, Liturgy of the Ordinary. As she considers how rest takes practice, Warren writes, When I turn on Hulu late at night, I don't consciously think I value this episode of Parks and Rec more than my family prayer in my own body. But my habits reveal and shape what I love and what I value, whether I care to admit it or not. Sleep habits also reveal and shape what we trust. We lay awake fretting about our job or our health or the people we love. The wee hours greet us with our problems and our inability to solve them. What we trust in lying in our beds at night at the end of a long day is where our hearts truly lie. We learn to rest by practice, by routine, over time. This is true of our bodies, our minds, and our souls, which are always intertwined. About one-third of our lives are spent in sleep. Through these collective years of rest, God is at work in us and in our world, redeeming, healing, and giving grace. Each night when we go to sleep, we practice letting go of our reliance on self-effort and abiding in the good grace of our Creator. Thus, embracing sleep is not only a confession of our limits, it is a joyful confession of God's limitless care for us. We inhabit a frail, vulnerable humanity, and we hate being reminded. I encourage you this week to talk to a friend, a family member, or maybe your small group about the things that are keeping you from rest. Pray about those together. If you aren't in the practice of a day of rest, consider doing that this week. If you've never done that before, maybe begin with a half of day of rest and reflect after doing so, after these conversations, after these practices, reflect on what you learn and what you experience about limits, time, and the love of the shepherd. God invites us into spaces of rest. Not doing so is a way we can get lost. We are busy, we are tired, we are worn out. We try to carry more weight than we are meant to carry. We forget our limitations and we push ourselves beyond what we are meant to carry, which brings consequences, consequences to our relationships, consequences to our minds and bodies, and consequences to our souls. With this in mind, I invite us now to fix our eyes on the Good Shepherd, to look upon the Good Shepherd and to learn from him. Because he is gentle and humble in heart, and we will find rest for our souls. In the harshness of 2020, as we all live with loss and lament and miss what feels like a thousand things, we find ourselves in what the 23rd Psalm describes as the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmist assumes we will face trouble. It's not a matter of if, but rather than when. When trouble comes, where will we find our security? In the valley, we are enveloped in the darkness of grief. 
But even in the darkness, we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. He is by our side, leading and nourishing us. He alone can nourish and refresh our souls. He alone can lead us into green pastures of hope. We are invited to fix our eyes on the Good Shepherd and to trust in His mercy and in His love. The psalmist points to a shepherd who does more than just tend to sheep. He laid down his life for them. The death and resurrected life of Jesus is the very reason that we are able to count on God to be with us in the darkest valley. He seeks even now to restore our souls. Our consolation and our hope are entirely in Jesus, our good shepherd. The basis for our hope is found in the fact that the shepherd is walking with us. Our, God, our walk is not a solo walk, whether in the valley or in the pasture, the good shepherd remains at our side and that is what we need. There is the best of company for our journey. The constant in the psalm is the good shepherd, the presence of God. In the midst of trials, our source of joy is fellowship with the shepherd. Friends, as we make our journey, we can never go where God is not. So we can have confidence that when chaos comes and we feel lost in so many different ways because of a difficult pandemic, political anxiety, and social unrest. When we feel alone in a storm, heartbroken or afraid for our lives, when we lose someone precious to us, when we have deep anxiety about an unknown future, God is our shepherd. And God will find us and God will help us because that is the kind of God that we have. So we trust and we wait for God once again to be faithful. God loves us more than we can possibly imagine and says, come and be with me for you are my beloved. During grad school, I lived with a family whose two daughters were both in elementary school when I arrived. When I moved in, I was introduced pretty quickly to an occasional Saturday morning ritual, indoor hide-and-seek with Dad. Kelly and Heather were really bad at hiding. Actually, they were terrible at hiding. Granted, they were no longer small and able to fit in tiny little places, but sometimes they would just throw a bedspread over their, over their heads and barely conceal their giggles as they were laying under a duvet or a bedspread. And then, in time, they would suddenly yell out to their dad, Come and find me. After some theater, there would be great squeals as they were found by their father, as they were now being smothered with presence and love and with hugs. Eventually, I understood that the fun for Heather and Kelly was not in the hiding, but rather in the finding. They wanted to be found. Friends, the promise of the gospel 
is that we have a shepherd who will never stop looking for us. A shepherd who longs for us to seek him as well. To intentionally seek the God who is passionately seeking us. Can you trust the shepherd to care and provide for you and those you love? Are you able to receive the gift of rest he so willingly and longingly wants to give to you? His love is your resting place. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen.